the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 a.m. and talk910.com. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Let's jump to phone calls and I'll do the, the news as I refer to it as Tom Brokaw without an internal editor or the news with Tom Brokaw who's drunk out of his mind and says things he shouldn't say. Let's go to Barbara in Oakley. Barbara? Hi, um, I have a question for you. Um, my husband and I put $100,000 into an annuity about four years ago. And we're wondering if we should cash it out today, which is 76000 and pay the penalty, which is roughly 5200 or risk it and wait until December 2010 when we can take the whole thing out without penalty. Likely you're going to want to risk it, Barbara. Um, yeah. It's tough for me to sit here and say take a penalty. It's really, really difficult for me to do in good conscience. Um, A lot of the damage on annuities is done when you buy them and not right now. So I don't think you want to do insult to injury. You've already done a bad product. Then you're going to injure yourself by poking your eye out and getting another penalty on you just to get back what you put in. A lot of damage is already done, so I'd probably ride it out. Okay. All right, great. Thank you so much. Thanks for the call, Barbara. Let's do news and headlines and news and headlines. Again, how this works, and I'm not going to explain it every time. I'm going to give you some news, and then I'm going to tell you what it really means. The economy wins some. The economy loses some. In a flurry of news reports out today, Fox News Radio's Chris Barnes has that from Washington. In the loss column, pending home sales for January down over 7.5% when economists were expecting a rise in that barometer of near-term home sales activity. In the win column, a strong report on orders to U.S. factories in January propelled by a surge in orders for commercial aircraft. And there were 29,000 fewer new unemployment claims filed last week than the week before, which was about what economists expected, but follows two straight unexpected increases. In Washington, Chris Barnes, Fox News Radio. Way too much data in that report for me to give you my opinion on. I will say the housing numbers are awful. We hit our peak in housing in 2006. It's going to be 2012, 2015 before we really stabilize, in my opinion, and start getting growth rates that are normalized. Um, It's Again, it's a huge country. It's a huge country. But keep in mind there, from 2006 to 2015, that's somewhere between... Seven and 10 years from the top to to getting normalized, that's 25% of your earning years. That's 25% of your age 20 to 60. For the fools out there who think real estate's the best way to go and the only way to go and that everything else is crazy, you're an idiot. You need to go in the Darwinian wood shepherd. Tomorrow, big economic data, February employment report. It's expected to show an increase in monthly job cuts and a slight increase in the unemployment rate. 
Anything other could affect the moods of the market. Now, more than 120 aftershocks on the island nation of Taiwan since a 6.4 earthquake struck Thursday, injuring at least 64. Fox News Radio's Bill Marcus has more. One textile factory caught on fire, the morning quake knocking out electricity for half a million people and causing passengers to think their high-speed train was about to overturn. Seismologists say it was not related to the Chilean quake, but its intensity was unusually strong. It was centered where typhoons and mudslides killed 700 last August. No tsunami warnings were issued. A wall fell on one woman, debris hospitalized another, many high-tech companies damaged. Troops were dispatched to assess the damage. Bill Marcus, Fox News Radio. High-tech companies damaged. That's what I got out of that report. The earthquake in Chile is an investment opportunity. In large part, they're going to rebuild. They're not a country that wasn't ready for it. Their buildings were ready in Chile for the earthquake. It's not like Haiti. Haiti's screwed for years and years and years to come before they get back on their feet. Chile will be back on their feet. Government spending, investment opportunity. Now, the Taiwan Holy mackerel, what's happening? Haiti, Chile, Taiwan? Is this the 2012 Mayan prophecy? Is this coming true? Is the world ready to unravel? Is the Bay Area next? Make sure you have earthquake insurance if you've paid off your house and can't afford to lose it. Or at least consider it or at least know the risk. No risk. And an earthquake in Taiwan affects tech companies. And how does that work? Okay, okay. Tech company? Um, manufacturing. A lot of manufacturing of semiconductors takes place in Taiwan. Taiwan Semiconductor. Taiwan Manufacturing. So Intel says, you know, we, or not Intel, but AMD says, we need one million chips. Earthquake shakes, and they can't do chips for a couple days, a couple weeks, because some of the equipment gets damaged, the building gets damaged, they're not allowed in there. What does that do? That actually increases. It's a positive, because it increases the prices of the chips that are out there. Now, if there's too much demand, then they lose the opportunity. But if there's not too much demand, they make more money. Nutty, but that's the way it goes. And Toyota's recall woes got into overdrive, yonk, yonk, knock, knock, with new claims that repairs aren't working. Fox's News Radio's Jennifer Kuiper has more. Some Toyota owners say the fix didn't work, whether they had their floor mats or gas pedals worked on. At least 15 drivers say their cars sped up unexpectedly after taking their cars in for recent recalls. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it is contacting those who have filed complaints and says it wants to hear from anyone who may have had a similar problem. Toyota officials say they haven't been able to find any electronic problems in their vehicles. Jennifer Kuiper, Fox News Radio. Toyota's praying they don't find electronic uh, flaws in their vehicles is what it comes down to. 15 drivers get their cars turned in. They get them serviced. They're supposed to be fixed. 15 drivers report acceleration problems. I don't know. I wasn't in the car. All I can tell you is Toyota is praying. They are praying that this doesn't turn into a bigger issue. In large part, the damage has already been done to their reputation. Keep in mind, the reputation of car companies in America was damaged in the 1980s, and basically it pushed them all into bankruptcy, or close to bankruptcy. So the GMs and the Chryslers, Ford, not quite, but GM Chrysler, gone. They had to go bankrupt, in large part because in the 1980s, we knew Japanese cars were so good, we started buying Toyotas and Hondas. And we said, screw you American cars, because we know that they're not as good as uh, foreign cars. So... Toyotas, their recall woes hit overdrive. It is very problematic. Not so much for me because I'll still buy a Toyota. I'm still brainwashing to thinking that, you know, they drive. And again, every time I drive a rental car, it's an American car. And for some reason, rental cars are like the bottom line of a rental car. So I just recently drove a Ford that honestly felt, honestly, like a go-kart. I mean, it felt weird. It didn't feel good. It's not making me drive and go, ooh, I want a Ford. I want somebody out there telling me Ford's great cars. Now, Toyota, if this issue continues to hang, it's not going to hurt me. 
It's going to hurt the Generation Y who's seeing the news, who's hearing, you know, Stephen Colbert laugh at Toyota products, who's hearing John Stewart laugh at Toyota products, and they won't buy a Toyota product for 10, 15, 20 years. And that's where the damage is being done. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. That's news and reviews with Rob Black on 910 AM. More stimulating talk. be talking about how Osama bin Laden won. I declare him the winner against the United States. But first and foremost, let's go to Raphael and Milopoulos. Hey, so I had a question about something that you said a couple days ago. I was listening and you said that if you don't have $10,000 saved by the time you're 30, you're going to end up uh, working till the day you die. So... Yeah, I said something close to that, and then I, I preface it, or 40000 by age 40. Right, right. But my question is, do you mean in, like, liquid assets, or do you mean in, like, a 401K? Because I, I put money in a 401K, but I would say I'm 28, but I would say that I wouldn't have $10,000 that I could pull out of the bank tomorrow to just, if I needed it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think, I think you're right. It's it, To me, what that statement, and maybe I just need to be a little more hardcore about it, $10,000 in a QRP, Qualified Retirement Plan, 401k, 403b, 520, uh, not 529, um, what am I dropping? IRA, Roth IRA, for, uh, SEP IRA, so spouse IRA. I think you need 10000 by the age of 30 to really be on your way because then that'll be 20000 by the time you're 37. And by the time you're 45, 46, that'll be about 40. By the time you're 53, that'll be about 80. And by the time you're 60, that'll be about 160,000. Now, you can't live off $160,000 till the day you die, but it's a good start because you got that going for you. You've already got basically 160,000 for your nest egg by the time you hit 30. Um, if you don't touch it, if you get market performance, and then you continue to put in two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month, um, and you'll you'll get to your retirement goals. Awesome. So I so that, that's retirement money. But Raphael, the big important thing about you is you've also got to have an emergency fund because you're a young man and you're going to lose your job. And when you do, you're going to find that maybe it takes you one month, maybe it takes you eight months. And if it takes you eight months, you cannot touch that 401k because you just spent from age 20 to 30 getting it up to speed. And that would be like saying, I'm going to sell my whole car and buy a new one. It's, it's, you got it up to speed. It's already cruising. You don't want to get it up, up to speed and cruising again, if you know what I'm saying. Right. So thanks right. for the call, Rafael. Thanks. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up, Osama bin Laden has won. But first, let's go to Annie in Petaluma. Hi, Rob. Hi, Annie. How are you? Good. I just, uh, you know, with this whole Google um, proposed cities, do you have any insight as to which cities you think Google might be considering um, for their, their new high-speed broadband test site? Um, and do you think Petaluma might be a contender? Why would they do Petaluma? You know, years ago, I think it was probably, you know, 2002-ish, um, we were, you know, second Silicon City. We've got tons of vacant office, office space. Um, I think we're underserved. Um, a lot of techies, a lot of techies in town. It's kind of one of those um, hidden, hidden, known facts about Petaluma. I always thought Petaluma was famous for chickens. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Did the chickens get on the internet in Petaluma, Annie? 
their hardest. I'm, I'm sure we've, we've got a few that have uh, infiltrated the space. It's funny because um, every time I drive up 101 and I go north, I always say hello to the chickens. Thank you. It's just a ridiculous thing. Like when I go in a tunnel, I hold my breath. When I go past Petaluma, I say hi to the chickens. Well, pull over and pet a chicken. I, I will not pet a chicken. Have you ever been on a farm, Annie? Yes, I have. They're nasty. They're dirty. They're gross. I, I almost gave up meat after I saw a cow in person. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I'm being serious. <sighs> so now here's my thought on where okay. Google's going to put their 100 megabit speed. Okay. Nowhere. Nowhere. I think they did it to basically Comcast and Verizon and AT&T scared or to get me and you talking about it so that we tell Comcast, Verizon, and AT&T we want 100 megabit speed, and therefore we put pressure on them. Again, you could already see the Xfinity ads out there yeah. where Google, uh, Comcast is saying 100 megabit speed coming soon. So, oh, excellent take. I don't think Google has to do it. I think they have to threaten to do it. And if they do it, I don't know where they're going to put it. They, they haven't get, they've been mum is the word on that. Now, remember many, many years ago, Annie, four or five years ago, we were talking about Google potentially giving uh, Wi-Fi to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and you would get Google ads on your computer, or you would have to be forced to use Google search. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you want to give up to get fast, free internet? Would you would you become a Google woman for life? Yeah, that's, that's a tough commitment. But... Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think we know where it's going to go, but yeah. I think we know faster speeds are coming. And I think that's good because video is really the rage and the demand, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So thanks for the call, Annie. All right, thanks. So, bye-bye. Always like hearing from the, the fairer sex. I always like it. I don't know why. I think that's problematic of me, but it is what it is. 800-345-5639. So I was starting to do some numbers last night on Osama bin Laden. I did a flight this week. And I'm ready to declare him the absolute winner by knockdown against the United States. Um, when I was at the airport... Monday morning, businessmen. Businessmen are traveling to and fro, right? And I'm sorry if I don't see, I saw some businesswomen. I did. And I, for the record, I love businesswomen because they're the fairer sex in, in, in more complicated clothes. And to the men, like, for instance, I think it's all about the clothes. Like, have you ever been on a nude beach or at a strip club? There's nothing sexual or erotic about it. It's all about the more clothes they have on, the more we can try to get off. So that's where the sexuality comes from. I know you're saying too much information, but I was seeing businessmen stripped down and basically looking ridiculous. We take off our belts. We take off our shoes. We take off our jackets. We take off our sweaters. We take off our shirts. Um, And we basically look like Hooters waitresses, the men do, because we all got those man boobs going, and it's not good. Babies, they're getting their diapers looked at. No one wants to look at a baby's diaper. 615 million airline passengers last year. If each person arrived at the airport an hour earlier, because we now have to come an hour earlier to make sure we get through security, basically means 615 million man hours are gone. So you do a little bit of data here. Gross domestic product per capita in the United States last year was 46.443 billion. You do a little bit further here. You divide that number of working days in a year by 250 and the number of working hours in a day by eight, and you get a GDP per individual work hour of about 23 bucks. Now multiply that by 615 million lost hours, and it cost us $14.3 billion in time lost. Now air travelers are more businessy, so businessy people tend to have higher you know, gross domestic product, uh, hoursly worked, so is what they get paid for, what they're throwing into GDP. That's about 20 to $30 billion. So every single year, we're losing about 20 to $30 billion with more airport security. Is it worth it? Probably. But that's 
$250 billion over the last 10 years. I declare Osama bin Laden winner. I think he knocked us out. We didn't spend $250 billion bailing out Goldman Sachs or Citigroup. We didn't. GM, I mean, he's basically crushed us. I don't know. Does that make any sense to you in any way, shape, or form? Do we need to refine this process to make it faster? We do. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. Let's go to David in Petaluma. David? How you doing, Rob? Always good to hear from you. Um, I'm kind of just wondering if I'm on the right track with my portfolio. I'm basically only invested in mutual funds. Um, Probably 80% of it is 401k, Roth. Um, My wife and I, we both fully fund both of those. Um, Sitting on about three-quarter of a mil. And I'm going, should I be looking for more? Should I be cutting back? You know, how should... I love how you said that. Three quarters of a mil. That's a nice way of saying it, right? Yeah, it is. So you got some bling going. How old are you, David? 48. 48, and you're from Petaluma. We're big in Petaluma. We're number one with chickens. And Annie called. Do you know Annie, by the way? Pardon me? Do you know Annie from Petaluma? No, I don't. Okay. So I I just assume it's a farm town and everyone knows everyone. It's a little bigger than that. Okay, 48, you're doing great. Um, Are you still employed? Yes. Do you have an emergency fund? About 50 grand. Are the kids out of... The way and gone to college. No kids. No kids. Did you do that intentionally? Yes, we did. Okay. You know, it was a conscious decision. You wanted to save the wife's body? Did you want to travel or did you not want the cost of kids? Um, it was more grew up in a small town, didn't lock your doors, moved to California, and I think we got scared. Yeah. A couple yeah. of... And, you know, it's just a conscious decision of the way the world was going, I Especially think. Especially in Petaluma. Isn't that where the, um, the girl disappeared many, 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 many years ago? Many, many, many years ago. So who was that? What was her name? Polly Class. Polly Class. I had Mr. Class on my TV show, and the the Polly Class Foundation freaked out. They lost their their poop. Um, they called me up, and they're like, he doesn't represent us. He doesn't represent us in any way, shape, or form. Um, interesting how two people could ultimately, or and I call people Polly Class Foundation and then him, Mr. Class. Interesting how two people could ultimately hate each other over a lost daughter and who gets the money um, from the public funding and who gets to go on TV and who doesn't. Yeah. So pretty sad, but okay. So back to you three quarters of a million, 48 years old house paid off. Where are you at the, with the house? Um, did a refinance on it, uh, to a 15 year, same payment as what I had on the 30, cut it by about four years, figuring if I can get it down into like the 70 grand range, just pay it off. Okay. I don't think that's a bad idea when you're like 52, 53. I think you're a little bit early. I'd rather more money be in that 30-year mortgage where you have more cash flow to fund the retirement plan. But I'm not, I'm not going to knock you on that one. I think you've done well enough that um, you're allowed to be a little bit sloppy here and there, or a little bit loose here and there. I, th- I think you're doing good, David. What I would do if I were you, and this is a homework project, and I hate giving out homework projects, but there's two websites. One's called Morningstar.com, and one is called FinancialEngines.com. And Morningstar.com, you're going to sign up, and you're going to get a two-free-week trial. And there's what's called a portfolio analyzer there. And in it, you're going to put your age. You're going to put your spouse's age. You're going to put your retirement goal. You're going to put your income. You're going to put how much you're able to save per year. You're going to put the expected inflation rate of 2 to 4%. And then you're going to put in all your mutual funds, and it's going to take some time. And then at the end of it, it's going to say, holy shnikes, David, you got way too much tech. Or holy shnikes, David, you got no Asia. Or holy shnikes, David, you've done great. Congratulations. That's, I think the only thing that we can't really analyze on this show is your portfolio of mutual funds because it would take years. Right. Hours. Um, so I think I would let Morningstar do it for you. 
when I was in the business 15 years ago, that Morningstar tool would have cost me about 4000 a month. Now it's free for a two-week trial. Um, it's pretty good, uh, pretty good data, and it'll at least tell you if you're doing anything wrong. And it'll even point out, like, you're taking a lot of risk being in small caps during a time of recession. And, like, you'd go, I didn't know that. I, good, good to know. So it gives you a little bit of feedback, David. Okay, and then, you know, you run this uh, wealth preservation seminars. Got anything coming in the North Bay? Probably in April, May. Okay. Um, I've, I've taken six months off of that just to recharge my batteries. Um, um, but I'm starting to talk about doing it again. Okay. Do you think I need a financial planner to take me into retirement? I think it would be helpful. I think you have another two to five years before you have to do it. Okay. Uh, or before you should do it. I think I'd do that portfolio analyzer first. And keep in mind, David, you would also use a financial planner if, like, you're a, you're a freak-out guy or your wife is a freak-out woman. Um, if the market corrects 10%, are you okay? I'm okay, but you might not be. So you kind of need the voice of reason to keep you on track. Yeah, I'm okay at this age, but, you know, at 55, I might be a little bit of a freak out. Which is, again, why a financial planner down the road is, is yeah. ideal. So thanks for the call, David. Thank you. So good call, good call. And uh, hopefully our, our sales team upstairs listening. 48 years old, three-quarters of a mil. Sweet. That's called a qualified lead in the advertising world. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I've got some stock ideas coming up. A restaurant? A medical device company? i got Dan on the line talking about buying into real estate. i got some emails queued. i got some good stuff. 800-345-5639. The website or the email is rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. A lot of people ask me where I would push a child into education to get them a good job. And the song California kind of plays in my head that yesterday we saw Gavin Newsom in San Francisco. He's firing employees. He's going to hire them back at a lower salary. I dig it. I dig it. But thank God I'm not that employee. From a financial perspective for the state and the city, that's what's going to have to be done. Sorry, that's what's going to have to be done. If I were pushing a kid into a career right now, I'd say hospital administration or college administration or school administration. Hospital administration is a good paying job and they're making more hospitals. They're shutting down hotels to make more hospitals. So IT services, yes. Engineering, yes. Poetry, not so much. Let's go to Dan in San Francisco. Dan, 800-345-5639. How are you, Dan? Good, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. I have a chance to buy into a partnership, real estate partnership that buys foreclosed properties in Alameda County. And I'm wondering what uh, kind of pitfalls to look for. I don't like partnerships in real estate. No. Let me give you an example. In today's Wall Street Journal, the Securities and Exchange Commission charged a Florida couple an alleged $135 million Ponzi scheme targeting Cuban Americans. The agency said Gaston and Trita Cantines bought various properties through their real estate development company and sold promissory notes to investors after promising them as much as 16% in annual returns. 
Couple used the money to form later investors. Uh, to, company used money from later investments to repay monies from earlier investors. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like partnerships in real estate. Well, this one is run by uh, the company that does, it's an accounting firm and a wealth management firm that I've had to do my taxes for uh, over a decade. Okay. Um, some of the principals of the company are, are partners. Uh, does, uh, does that make it any more palatable, or is there something else I should look at look for as a pitfall? I'm, I, I stand by my statement, I don't like partners in real estate. Um, in large part, I don't like tenants in common because let's say you buy a, you get into a tenants in common scenario in San Francisco and the roof starts to leak and you're the top floor and you need a new roof and everyone has to pay for it, but no one wants to pay for it except for you. Uh, the guy on the downstairs, he, he gets drunk and he pees in the hallway and the whole place smells like urine and you can't do anything about it. I hate partners. I hate yeah. master limited partners. I hate, cause you're a, you're a limited partner. They're the master. They can decide, Dan, you know what? We're going to buy, we're going to go bigger than Alameda and we're going to start buying foreclosures in stock. And you're like, wait, wait, I didn't sign up for that. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not against the idea, Dan, with your at risk money, of which maybe five to 10% of your portfolio can be the highest risk. But I don't want you going, I don't want you selling your house. I don't want you refinancing your house. I don't want you cashing your 401k for this. If you've got an extra 20, 30, 40, 50, $60,000 that represents five to 10% of your net worth. If you want to do it, you can do it. I would be very, very cautious. Um, there's a radio show called The Real Estate Guys where they take your money and they go buy property for you. I think yeah. that's insanity. Yeah. Um, now, again, now it's accounting firm. You know the people. Maybe they're good accountants. Maybe they're not good at buying foreclosures. Um, yeah. or, or maybe they don't realize because accountants know accounting laws. Maybe they don't know business laws that uh, – California may not come back anytime soon, or if you buy a foreclosure right now, it could be one big 7.4 earthquake away from you making money in that till you know, 10 years. Yeah. If, you, if you bought a day before the 89 quake, a day, it took you seven years to break even on the appraisal value. Now, again, so that's risk. And again, you now know that, Dan. You're a big boy. You could do anything you want. I, I've just empowered you with the risk side of the, the scenario. Right. The upside is sweet. They flip all these places and real estate comes roaring back and you just hit a home run deep to left field. Um, uh, well, that's kind of the idea. But, yeah, I, I would have to put in about a seventh of my net worth instead of a tenth. So I guess that's too much. So oh. it, It's not too much. If your neighbor does it and hits a home run, don't be mad at me. I'm yeah. just I'm telling you what I'm comfortable with. I'm a little bit more conservative. I wear boxers. I don't wear briefs. I don't want my junk all showing and, and, and present to the world. I'm a little more conservative. I like to cover up. All right. So thanks, thanks. For, thanks for the call. Thanks for, the, thanks for your For view. the record, Kim Commando said that I've got big stuff down there. As seen on um, roulette, roulette, roulette. What's the name of the chat roulette? Chatroulette.com. Chatroulette.com. I believe she uh, called you substantial. Substantial. I wonder if that meant. Now, I should just shut up right now. Length, girth. Shut up, right? Shut up. Okay, 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. I want to give out one investment idea. I've prepped three for today. If I don't get to all three, I'll put one more on the super secret today. I did a super secret yesterday. You can go find it at talk910.com, talk910.com. It was an investment idea. Now, today in the Investor's Business Daily, they did a nice little piece on the Cheesecake Factory. And basically, 
consumers are battered. Consumers are bruised. But we're not fried. We've been battered, but not fried. They've cut up their credit cards, consumers have, and they've banks have yanked their credit cards. So people are a little reluctant to open up their wallet. But battered credit or not, Americans, by and large, still treat themselves to dinners out with the family. The Cheesecake Factory, it lures in people that want the casual sit-down restaurant. It lures them in. They've got good management. They've got effective cost-cutting. They've got timely promotions. They also have a consumer who's a little more upscale. And the little more upscale consumer feels a little bit higher income in their pocket. And that demographic is feeling a little bit better than they did a couple months ago. So Cheesecake Factory is highlighted as an investment idea. This does not mean you should go out and invest in it. Today in the Investor's Business Daily. Now let me tell you a little bit more about Cheesecake Factory. Restaurants have industrial strength. They're huge. Huge. 140 casual dining restaurants. They've got 200 items on their menu. 35 plus states. Over the top opulence. It's crazy. Now... Their cheesecake, good. Who doesn't love a good cheesecake, by the way? If you can honestly say you don't like cheesecake, I think there's something wrong with you. Let's take a look at the last two years. Last two years showed a big recession and a big recovery. Going into the recession, they were a $20 stock. They fell all the way to 6 The investment lesson is great companies sell for massive discounts during a recession. And then it goes from 6 all the way to 25 P.E. of about 34 times earnings. That's crazy. But let's see where they're trading on expectations for earnings next year. Because Wall Street's all about the future. It's not about the past. It's about 17 times earnings. So to me, this looks okay. Just based on quick super analysis. The valuation's not that great. Now, the next thing, if I had more time, I'd find out how many analysts are upping earnings expectations. How much are they blowing out earnings expectations by? Are they improving their margins? Like, I can do a quick, dirty analysis, or I can do a little bit more hardcore. I, myself, like a little bit more hardcore. Let's go to Fred real quick in Pleasanton. Fred, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, how are you doing? I'm okay. Actually, if I was doing really great, I probably wouldn't be calling right now. But uh, well, thanks for that. <laughs> sure, that's I'm an endorsement. Because I, uh, I live in Pleasanton, and I've got a two-bedroom townhome, and I'm pretty far upside down on it. Yeah. And so I didn't know for loan modification. My loan is with Chase. It was Wamu. Now it's Chase, and I didn't know if. Um, if there was anybody in particular that, if A, if you even think the loan modification would work, yeah. or B, if there's any groups that you've been working with. Not so much groups that I've been working with, but my friend and the guy who did my loan, Tony Mendez at Barrier Loan Source, they have a loan modification realtor on site. Not realtor, but a lawyer. Not lawyer. Um, basically, someone who, loan servicer kind of person. Um, so go to barrierloansource.com and send Tony an email and, uh, or give him a call and he'll set you up with his loan modification person. If that fails, if you can't get a modification, Fred, I would Google Michelle McGill in San Francisco. Uh, she's an attorney. She's very good at what she does. She's very boring. She's very dry. You're going to pay her three or $4,000, probably 500 up front. If she can't help you, you just lost 500. If she can't help you, you're going to lose 4,000, but you're going to get a modification. Okay. And so that's that's the only that's the only attorney who anyone that has ever listened to the show called me back and said I did get a modification with this attorney. Okay. So, I started down the road of talking to Chase directly once and it didn't really go anywhere, but yeah. I was getting ready to do that again or it was a waste of time. Doesn't hurt to talk to him. 
So thanks for yeah. the call, Fred. When I doing think- a modification, one of the most important things you could do is create a budget and, and detail a lot of what you can do. The bank wants to see what you can do, and you have to prove them your budget. So you're going to have to come up with a spreadsheet. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what you're going to have to do. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Show 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Running out of time, so let's push it forward. Let's go to CFP Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton. Chad, how are you? Great, Rob. How are you? Good. Now, we got a new program director here, and anyone that comes on the air and anything that I talk about is going to have to have some sort of tag. So when I talk about China, it's going to have a China tag. When I talk about emails, it's going to have an email tag. When I talk about Kim Commando and digital investments, it's going to have a Kim Commando digital cougar tag tied towards it. We have to come up with a tag for you. Thus, we have to choose a song for you. Do you have a song in mind that you want associated with you? A song in mind? Oh, man. You're really getting me on the spot here. I don't How know. about the Flippy Flop song? Because <laughs> I'm flipping flopping on my song that I want? No, no, I don't even know what the Flippy Floppy song is. Last year was some uh, rapper who did a Flippy Flop on my boat song. Oh, oh, I've got my flip floppies. That's right. Yeah, that's actually a Saturday Night Live digital short. You could do that. There's a lot of cuss words in it, though, so you got to be careful. Okay, so that's not going to work. How about this one? How about this one? This is one that I came up with yesterday for you. I want it for myself, but I'm willing to give it to you as your song intro. Okay. How's that? Uh... Let's work on this a little bit more. (laughs) Really? I think that's fantastic. I think it's catchy. It's punk rock. I don't think you can ask for better than that. All right. Okay. You're the man. Thus, it's your song unless you come up with something better. Okay. I'll come up with something. Let's squeeze in a quick phone call before we get to Chad's content. Larry in Oakland. Larry, how are you? Hi, Rob. I'm fine. Um, Tyin Pharmaceuticals, TPI. Uh, Should I buy it? What can you tell me about it? Uh, it, It's a very large Chinese pharmaceuticals, and they've got all the usual uh, things that American pharmaceutical companies say they're doing, uh, research partnerships and all this, and they expect $120 billion in sales by 2020. And plus, they are focusing on traditional Chinese medicines. They're kind of industrializing traditional Chinese medicines, which I think will be a big market for that. As How much do they expect in sales? $120 billion. You know that that's like smoke and crack cocaine, right? Of course. Okay. So <clears throat> it's a company that's worth less than $100 million. It's a Chinese company, and it's t- it's got a great story. We're in China. We're selling Chinese people Chinese-type medicines. That's the story. If you want to own something like this, you own maybe 2%, a very small portion. And if it works, it works. If it strikes out, it doesn't hurt you. Because it's the Forrest Gump stock. It's the, that's a great story, and it sounds so good. But if the story doesn't develop, you, you basically are holding a big pot of nothing, Larry. Sure. So and uh, look at the SEC filings on it. It's brutal. There's no corporate history on the company. There's, there's very little information. So you're buying a stock almost blind. 
with that said, if the story works out, and thanks for the call, it is a home run. Home run, but good luck trying to um, confirm what they're doing and confirm what their actual sales are. Mr. Chad Burton, this is a company that earned $0.08 in the first quarter. They're expected to hit $0.13. Only one analyst covers them. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that it's a mafia stock, but it's a really underfollowed stock. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts would be if you're going to have an individual stock portfolio, you know, your first 20 stocks, um, you know, should be pretty solid companies. Um, you know, something that possibly pays a dividend and, and has a history of increasing a dividend. And then if you're, you know, you've already built a portfolio that's pretty solid, it's got a nice, you know, strategy, um, longer term holds. In other words, there are companies that you look at that you're probably going to be comfortable owning three to five years and go for the speculation on a couple of trades like this. Okay. Okay. Now let's go to the Chad Burton content as we're wont to do. You are a certified financial planner, thus you are allowed to have content on this show. Um, let's talk annuities. Earlier in the show, I was talking to a woman who bought an annuity for $100,000. It lost value down to $76,000 in value, even though a salesperson will tell you they never lose value. She now would have to pay 5000 in penalties to get the product out. Uh, what are your thoughts on her? Well, the thoughts, you know, first of all, people need to know what a variable annuity is because they get sold these things a lot by brokers. And you walk into a bank, they'll sell you a variable annuity. And essentially, it looks like mutual funds inside of an insurance contract. Um, and what people don't realize is they're getting charged the subaccount or mutual fund fee in addition to the insurance fee over the top of it. So the fees are around 3% in most of these deals. And there are some income guarantees when you're much, much older, but you pay for them. So for a younger person, and it sounded like that caller was pretty young, it, it's usually not a good idea. These are for older people close to retirement, um, and they're really not worth it in most cases, Rob. Um, there's a couple of no-load products that are okay, but if you've got to put your money in something and leave it there for 7 to 10 years with a major penalty, it's probably not worth it, and I would not tie your money up in, in these types of things. So if you're going to do a variable annuity, go for a no-load version. If you have cash in an annuity at a loss, is that a tax write-off? Well, it's it can be a tax write off, but it's not just like a you know, okay, I've lost thirty grand, so I get to you know take thirty grand off my taxable income. It's a miscellaneous itemized deduction, so it has to be the loss has to be over two percent of your adjusted gross income to take a loss if you cash the thing out. So before you do anything with a variable annuity, you need to talk to a fee based financial planner and also your accountant to see what's the total effect on if you if you cash this thing out, are you gonna get a lot of money back from taxes to help, you know, offset the loss? But also with the advisor so you can say, you know, if I cash this out before the penalty is up, am I gonna pay more if I stay in this you know, terrible product? or if I just pay the penalty and leave now and go into something better. So there's a tax analysis and a you know pay-to-stay or pay-to-go analysis that you have to do in these products. So earlier in the show, someone called in and asked about managed payout funds. Schwab has them, Fidelity has them, Vanguard has them. And when they were first launched a couple of years ago, it was, just, it was honestly bad timing. Um, they're designed to provide regular monthly payments without exhausting capital. They automatically generate regular monthly payments. It seems like a good idea, but it seems like a cookie cutter. From my analysis of it, probably not appropriate for everyone. The promises aren't set in stone. Mutual fund performance not set in stone. Um, what are your thoughts on managed payout funds? Well, uh, my thoughts on most of those types of funds, and, and f- the freedom funds and, and retirement funds are slightly different, but from what I've seen on most of these products, I don't really like the bond funds inside of these things. Um, 
especially at current low interest rate levels, they, they kind of scare me, the allocation towards bonds. And I think you're right. They're way too cookie cutter. I mean, once you're in retirement, the way that you pull your money out of your portfolio is key. And to kind of give a you know quick idea how how I think it should be done is you have you typically need three years worth of your portfolio draws in cash or safe, safe money, the rest of your money in a balanced portfolio. You're constantly taking your dividends and interest, but you have to look at your portfolio at least every six months and say, is there a gain? Or if there's a gain, peel off a growth amount and equal to what you've spent over that six-month period. If there's a loss, you just rebalance. So that's really specific to the individual. So if you're throwing yourself into a cookie-cutter thing for retirement income, um, it may be okay for, you know, 15, 20% of your portfolio, but if you're going to run your entire retirement life on that type of a plan, I think you're crazy. So the economy stinks right now, and we're hearing more and more about highway truck robberies, where people are you know, stopping truckers in the middle of the road with guns and basically taking everything out of the, the truck and, and basically robbing them. I'm thinking about becoming a train robber. Would you join my gang if I did that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. A truck pirate. Yeah. A highway pirate sounds pretty good. You, you'd rather be a pirate than a robber baron? I think it's easier to stop a truck than a train, right? Mm, you're probably right. I didn't think about that. <laughs> got to think ahead. We got to plan ahead, Rob. We're not going to be the best gang, but I get to be. I get to wear a big hat if we're in the gang. Okay, I'll let you wear the the hoss hat. The hoss hat. The hoss big. Um, anything else that we need to know about you? Uh, no, but you know when people have those annuity products, I think you know there's there's you got to be careful because you don't want to just blindly cash them in. If, if you have a bad product and it's out of penalty, you can 1035 exchange or do a tax-free rollover into a better product. So the first thing is, you know, determine what type you need and then, uh, and then find somebody that's going to give you fee-based advice instead of sell you a commission-based product. That's Chad Burton. You can find him at chadburton.com. You can find me here back tomorrow talking Hollywood Academy Awards show. Rob Black, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Should I stay or should I go? Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.